This is WGN Sports Central. Adam Hogue is live from Radio Row, the heart of it all, getting ready for Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta on WGNRadio.com. Welcome in day three from Radio Row in Atlanta, inside the Georgia World Congress Center. My name is Adam Hogue. This is Sports Central. Got a great show. I've been telling you all week, the, the action picks up as the week goes along. And today we got Prince Amukamara here. Uh, talk to London Fletcher, the former NFL linebacker who has some great things to say about Roquan Smith. Patrick Mahomes' agent, Lee Steinberg, the movie Jerry Maguire was uh, was basically made off of his career. Uh, he is going to sit down with us here pretty quickly, I, be- I believe. Uh, things are a little bit fluid here, so uh, we hear we should hear from Lee Steinberg soon. And and also with the Bears going to London this year, I just happen to be next door to one of the UK's radio stations, uh, their sports radio stations in the UK, Talk Sport, and I pulled one of their guys over. Just to talk about football in London right now, the Bears going to London, and, and it was really entertaining. So we got some great things coming up on the show today. First, though, I want to bring up uh, a quick conversation I had with Kurt Warner earlier this morning. Uh, most of the media guys are roaming around here, here somewhere, and the NFL had uh, the NFL Network had some availability this morning. So Kurt Warner was poking around. I was really curious just what he thought about the Bears, Matt Nagy, and, and, and Mitchell Trubisky's season. And, and really, it, what was interesting is, it, because of Kurt Warner's arena career, it's kind of what spun off this question about Matt Nagy, who, of course, played in the Arena League for so long. And, and I was just curious, talking to Kurt Warner, wondering if, when he watches the Bears' offense, if he sees any influence from the Arena League, which is so different, high-flying, much smaller space, uh, and basically just airing it out. And I was just curious if he sees any of that in the Bears' offense. Yeah, I mean, I think you see the innovation, uh, but I don't necessarily want to say it's arena football-based because I think you see Kansas City doing a lot of it as well. So, um, But what I think we're seeing in the league now is we're seeing more coaches go to more places and try to find whatever edge they can get, whether it's college football or arena football or Canada or whatever. I think they're trying to say, hey, what influences from anything else that's you know that's passing football or that's offensive football can we introduce here and gain some kind of advantage from and um you know i think matt did a great job this year of being able to create opportunities for his young quarterback you know a quarterback that still has a long way to go and growing into a complete guy but matt did a great job of creating those big opportunities for him and allowing him to grow um while at times making the game easier for him so i think there's influences probably from everywhere he's been and every coach that he's had uh, but just trying to go okay here's what we did there how can that translate to success at the nfl level it's interesting just hearing uh and i consider kurt warner to be one of the the best analysts walk around here in atlanta right now and certainly his uh, credentials as a quarterback he's a hall of famer and, and one of the best that ever did it. it it's just interesting to hear the opinions on Mitchell Trubisky's first, really first season as a full-time starter, uh, at least what I I consider his first full season after you know his first his rookie year was basically a wash given the circumstances, but just under Matt Nagy's system, and it, it's it seems to be pretty polarizing. I have yet to talk to anybody that that 
doesn't believe in Mitch Trubisky at all or thinks he's going to be a bust. I mean, uh, most people seem to believe that that he's he's going to be good. He just needs to develop. I think he's already good. I think that sometimes the the better quarterbacks in the league get put on such a high pedestal that it's hard for some of these other guys and I'd put Jared Goff in the same category who's going to be playing on Sunday in the Super Bowl. They don't get enough credit sometimes. But I think you saw in New Orleans in the NFC Championship game, Jared Goff's pretty good. He can win you games. And 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 I think that uh that that Mitch Trubisky is is much in the, the you know the same conversation as somebody who um, is eventually going to be a guy that that you win games because of not just with and I think right now a lot of that uh, conversation uh, with Mitch Trubisky is is just when is he going to get to that point um, certainly has not been at the level yet of a Patrick Mahomes and that's what we call a segue in this radio business because. Patrick Mahomes' agent, Lee Steinberg, is sitting down with us right now on Sports Central. Lee, we talked here on Radio Row last year, and I, I, this is my question. Did you know at that time that we'd be fast-forwarding in a year and Patrick Mahomes would be you know, uh, basically three days away from winning the MVP? He's pretty much ahead of schedule, and the phrase you use, win, because of rather than with is how I define a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think you can it's build yeah. build around for ten to twelve years because of rather than with. No, you never could have imagined that a quarterback in his first starting year would uh, have this success because the field is uh, confusing. It's hard to read defenses. It's going very very quickly, and he told me over the course of the season even it slowed down a little bit. So this is just something you need to be out on the field to do uh, even for a tr- for a Trubisky you just have to be out there over and over again and then you get better so it's a little scary to think that he's still got growth in him it, it, yesterday we were talking to John Clayton here and uh, he told me a story about Matt Nagy's infatuation with Patrick Mahomes when Patrick was still at Texas Tech that he would on, on Saturdays during the season make Chiefs other Chiefs assistants watch the Texas Tech games because he, he just loved them so much. Uh, how much do you credit, while Matt has moved on and now he's working with a different quarterback who's also talented, Mitchell Trubisky, but how much do you credit what Patrick was able to accomplish this season based off of what he learned? And I, I know it's not all Matt. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but what he learned sitting out most of his rookie season. First of all, we're giving Matt Nagy a um, Steinberg Dan- Dana Cola Humanitarian Award at our party on Saturday. Oh, really? Uh, for philanthropic things he's done off the field. So uh, we'll be hosting him at my big Super Bowl party. Um, I think the year that Patrick sat was critical in his evolution. I mean, he had been good, but to learn to be coached the way he was coached by some gifted coaches and also to have Alex Smith mentor him. Uh, you know, if, if you look at Aaron uh, Rodgers or, or Philip Rivers, a whole series of quarterbacks, they didn't play right away. And when you play a quarterback right away, you run the risk because he's not totally ready of uh, of him being perceived as a flame out. You know, after two games, it 
instead of after multiple years. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I think some of the narrative around Mitchell Trubisky, who ends up in the Pro Bowl, by the way, with Patrick. I, I saw him last week down there. But I think, what to your point, some of that narrative this year, uh, maybe some of the criticism pointed at Trubisky, I think part of it was because, okay, he gets drafted ahead of Patrick, and Patrick's obviously playing better. But two, he had to play last year, and it didn't always look great because it was a completely different offense. Uh, honestly, a little bit of an outdated offense. And he wasn't getting quite the same coaching that he ended up getting this year with Matt Nagy. And, you know, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I would think it's safe to assume we're going to see Mitchell take a step forward next year, much like Patrick did. It's just Patrick wasn't on the field last year. So you, you couldn't see everything that was happening behind the scenes, as right. I'm sure you you had a much better idea of what was going on. Well, the funny thing is I spent the whole offseason trying to prepare people for the fact it was just his first year. So I'd say, uh, have patience, understand it's a growth process. Then he goes out and throws 10 touchdown passes, no interceptions in the first couple games. They put his jersey in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but I would expect, quarterbacks have been my specialty all these years. I've Warren Moon, Steve Young, and Troy Aikman in the Hall of Fame and have probably represented over 100 quarterbacks. It takes time which is why the Mahomes situation is miraculous because uh, he got it so quickly. But it it takes time. And uh, before you uh, throw the quarterback under the bus, you you haven't seen the full potential yet. And if you're not willing to live through that process, then a team will go endlessly looking for a franchise quarterback, never get one. Um, So you have to be patient. Yeah, and sometimes you have to be aggressive like the Chiefs were to, to trade up and, and make such a big move uh, to grab Patrick when they did. What's it been like for you enjoying this season? I know you've been um, kind of reemerging back in the business of the last few years. We first started talking a few years ago with, with Danny Vitale. Right. Uh, and, and now, I mean, you're representing the guy who's probably going to be the MVP. Just how fun has this been for you? Oh, it's been a, a blast because... Um, First of all, he's a wonderful person, so he's very grounded. He's not caught up in all the hoopla. He's charitably bent, so we're setting up a big charitable foundation. He spent his off days, of all things, uh, because he had to be exhausted, uh, painting houses for veterans, uh, visiting uh, children's hospitals. Uh, so he's a remarkable young man, and... Uh, but it's been freakish. In other words, I had Troy Aikman, and uh, he was 1-15 in 15 the first year. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, John Elway and uh, and Peyton Manning, two iconic quarterbacks, both who doubled the interceptions that they did touchdown passes the first year. So, um, you know, it, it's been wonderful. And, uh, and now he's left himself something to do next year because you don't expect to be MVP your first year, uh, which is to get to the Super Bowl. Oh, well, I have to be honest, though, as a, just a fan of the game, I felt a little cheated. I felt like I watched so many Chiefs games this year. I watched so much of Mahomes, enjoyed watching him play, and then he doesn't get the ball in overtime. It's a strange rule if you really think about it. The only place they use a coin flip is to determine uh, who gets the choice of, uh, of uh, receiving or kicking. But the other team 
gets the ball in the yeah. second half. So imagine you go through this entire season, they end up the game tied, and then you're expecting to to see competition, and you don't. You, it never gets back on the field. That's a very strange rule. I like the college rule much better. Well, what I've, what I've been questioning is why do we even have a coin toss? It's it's like it seems to be just something we do because it's how it's always been done. But what my my proposal is, let the home team. Other sports have built-in home advantages. How about the home team at the start of the game gets to pick whether or not they have the ball or they want to go on defense? And then again, if you get to overtime, same thing. The home team gets the choice. I I totally agree. If you think about it. Uh, historically in basketball they used to do a, a tip off right and that would uh, determine if uh, if the ball had been jointly held who got it now they just rotate so this is another innovation I think that they need to do um, who knows you know the Patriots might have won the game anyway and then Patrick might have flamed out but it would have been fun to watch and um, um but this is a new NFL. It's quarterback-centric. It's pass-happy. Um, and uh, and it had its best season in some ways in many, many years. It was the highest rated. The ratings were up. The attendance was up. Um, it was an exciting season. And... Uh, and helped by the emergence of teams like the Bears in the nation's third largest market. Well, I know the NFL is happy that the Bears are are, are back, per se. He, you know, um, I had Jim Harbaugh there who uh, started quarterback for a while. But what I saw in 1985 was the fact that even though they had the iconic Michael Jordan, even though they've got the Blackhawks, and the, even though the Cubs and all that, it's still a football town. <laughs> and um, it, it, the level of interest, I did a roast uh, not too long ago with uh, 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 Richard Dent. Okay. And, and, oh, my God, people remember every single play about the 1985 Bears. But the good news is you've got a good team now. <laughs> And there'll be new memories. Yeah, and they are hoping that this time next year, we're talking about a, a Super Bowl that has the Bears in it. I know that the players really feel like they can accomplish they got that. So. Coaching, the players go round and round. So really, if you want to look at uh, who wins, even though they have all these parody-producing rules, they have a salary cap, they have the reverse order in the draft, it doesn't matter because... Here's the New England Patriots, who clearly don't have better players than the Rams do, who clearly didn't have better players than the Chiefs do, uh, but they've got a front office, an owner that's stable, they've got a, a brilliant coach who, who game plans. It's almost scary what he does. Um, and so it's organization. Now the Bears have the hot coach, and uh, um, it's a new era. All right, well, Lee Steinberg, thanks so much for stopping by again. It's always fun talking to you, and congratulations on the success uh, with Patrick Mahomes this year. Thank you so much. All right, that's Lee Steinberg here on Sports Central. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back, get you Prince of Mucamara, a really fun conversation with Prince as we caught up on the season and Vic Fangio leaving and, of course, what happened with Cody Parkey going on the Today Show. It's all covered. We'll take a quick time out. Be right back. My name's Adam Hogue. You're listening to Sports Central. Georgia. This is Adam Hogue and WGN Sports Central getting ready for the Super Bowl on WGNRadio.com. 
A busy day here in Atlanta and Radio Rose. We get closer and closer to Sunday's game against uh, with the Rams and the and the Patriots. But uh, plenty of Bears flavor around. Uh, you could sense that there's more excitement about this team since you know they made the playoffs. They had such a good year, and and we're seeing more and more of the players around this year. Uh, and one of those guys today, Prince Amukamara, who uh, is always so great with his time and uh, candid and, and, and one of the best guys in that locker room uh, we get to talk to every week. But Prince stopped by here uh, a little while ago, and I'm telling you, we covered everything there was to cover. You're going to enjoy this interview. Here is Bears cornerback, Prince Amukamara. Okay, so Prince, the last time we talked was the day after the season came to an end, and you were talking about how you didn't even want to think about losing Vic Fangio. And unfortunately, a couple days later, you lost Vic Fangio. Where were you when you found out the news, and uh, what was your reaction? Oh, man. Um, I, think I, was, I think I was in Chicago still. I was in Chicago, and it's funny. We were no. I was in the locker room when it happened. I was oh, in the really? locker room with with Eddie Jackson, with Amos, with um, with Roquan, and um, yeah, man, it was just it was one of those things that uh, you couldn't believe, but you knew, but you you knew that there was a chance of it of it happening. And uh, and yeah, so but it, but we're so close as a DB group. We're always talking in text like, "Hey, what do you think is going to happen?" And then and then when Vic Fangio um, uh, took the Denver job, then it's like, "Okay, now what's happening to to Ed? Like, what's going to happen uh, with uh, Coach Donatelle?" And then and then then it was just so we're just thinking about all the coaches, just because we believe we had a great tight knit group and um, we we sold a dream to ourselves thinking that we were going to stay <laughs> together for the next yeah. three three to four years and um and yeah but um no definitely no hard feelings towards coach fangio did you get I, to talk to him at all yeah 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 he sent out he, he sent out a text to uh to to all of us um i'm assuming because because i got one and uh, i'm not saying i was one of his favorites but <laughs> <laughs> but i but i got one and i know other other guys got one and yeah and just and just saying that he's excited for what we accomplished and really care for us as men and um and i told him hey man like congrats and love you and appreciate you for what you did for um for my for my career i don't know how much you're already looking at the schedule next year but you get to go play him yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah we, we we do and um we're, we're gonna be on the other side of the ball so but um right but that's that's gonna be a good um a good welcoming how close that the situation with ed donatel took a few days to be resolved how much do you think he considered we haven't had a chance to talk to him how much do you think he considered staying well i th- i think with with him it, it is it's like you can either be he, he wanted to be the dc he put in for the job he wanted to be the dc for right. the bears so it's either you can be the dc for the bears not even be the C- he didn't get the dc job so it's like you can either be the db coach because i think the ball was in his court or do you want to have a chance to be the DC in Denver? And um, if we're being transparent, like Vic loves calling his plays, so I'm sure Vic will probably still get to call the plays. But uh, yeah, so I'm sure he was just weighing out the options. And um, I mean, the DC, the DC, when you get the DC title, that opens doors for for a lot of a lot of other things, and especially if, if you guys are successful. So I'm sure a lot a lot. Wait, uh, wait into wait into that decision, and plus with the year Kyle has and Kyle had, and him 
him being a part of that success and just all of us, Eddie too, just us being um, just how we were all successful as, as DBs, I'm sure um, he wanted to be a part of that also. But um, I think it c could have went either way for him. All right, Chuck Pagano. You end up with a pretty good coach here. Guy's accomplished, was a head coach in the league. How much contact have you had with Chuck yet? And, and what do you expect from this defense? I mean, uh, Bears fans want to know what's going to change. And, and actually, when we got to talk to Chuck Pagano last week when he came to House Hall, it was, you know, he's going to try to keep things as simplified as possible for you. He talked about he wants to learn the language that's already in place instead of making you guys all learn a whole new defense. So how, how much of an adjustment do you think this is going to be? Yeah, I actually got to get a little sneak peek of that of that press conference and, and heard a little bit of what, what he said. But to answer your, your question first, I spoke to him about, about two times and one in text, one on the phone, and he's just really excited to get to work. And one of the things he said is it feels like he got um, one of the best jobs uh, available, including uh, including head coaches, uh, head coaches, head coaching jobs, just simply because, I mean, you're coming into um, one of the best defenses in, in the league, and you, and you have a group that's that's going to be together for two to three to four more more years, and I'm sure he has a lot of tricks up, uh, up his sleeves. And according to his press conference, it seems like he has the same mindset as 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 Coach Fangio, just a um, a coordinator who's going to go after, just just going to go after the opposing team, and he doesn't like to sit back and wait wait for the pressure to be on him. He's gonna he's gonna send the pressure, and we like that. He yeah, he seems like he might actually end up being a little bit more aggressive than Vic was. Do you like that? Yeah, I like uh, I like that a lot because I mean it locks us up on on the outside and um, and and I enjoy being aggressive. I enjoy staying up on the line and just pressing and challenging uh, the receiver. So it plays into my game either way. How much do you know about Deshae Townsend, your new secondary coach? Uh, I have two connections with him. I know Ryan Clark, who's uh, who's an analyst now, and I'm, he won a Super Bowl with with Deshae, and then um, a mentor from Arizona. His name's Dre Harris, and he has connections with um, with uh, Coach Townsend also. Well, it certainly sounds like Matt Nagy's done a pretty good job of reloading the coaching staff. I know this isn't what you guys wanted uh, at the end of the season, and and uh, but, you know, you're pretty good hands. I think, as a defense, you guys must think that you're not going to drop off very much next year. All the talent's still there. I was just we. I had London Fletcher sitting down here a little while ago. Wow. He's raving about Roquan Smith. I mean, the, the talent on the defense. The players are still there. Right, right, right. And yes, our um, soon-to-be head coach of the year is uh, <laughs> hopefully is is doing. I mean, he's doing an amazing job, and he knows um, what pieces we need and the type of personnel we need. And uh, he's he he is the guy who who brought that type of culture, that type of atmosphere to um, to the Bears organization, and I feel like that's one of the big reasons why we're successful. We're, we've been so successful, so um, I definitely trust I definitely trust what he's what he's doing and the pieces he's putting together. Well, speaking of that, I wanted to ask you. Uh, I, I I don't we don't necessarily need to get into the whole Cody Parkey thing again, but what I wanted to ask you about was your head coach's reaction. Did you see his press conference uh, afterwards? Because, well, here's what I'm getting at is because Cody Parkey goes on the Today Show. We all know that. We saw it. I was intrigued more by Matt's reaction where he said, 
you know, the, we talk all year about it's a we thing, not a me thing. And what I found striking about that, it was, not that necessarily he was criticizing a player or anything like that, but he showed all year long that he's going to have your guys' backs. Wow. But there's also accountability that has to come down at some point, too, from a head coach. So what was your reaction to that? And did you, did you think that that was just a matter of holding players accountable for the message that he preached all year? Right, yeah. Um, man, I'm trying to think about how I'm going to answer this question because <laughs> it's a great question. Um, I, I would say, I would think that there were there was probably some miscommunication um, from um, there's probably some miscommunication from uh, Cody and either PR and, and Matt, uh, and not saying what Cody did was was right or wrong, but like I'm so. I'm so PC, like politically correct, like anytime I get an interview or anytime I get done with an interview, I want to be prepped and I want to, I want to ask Faber, I want to ask Aaron Clark, I want to ask the guys like, hey, did I, like, gosh, did I say too much? Was, was, was this too much? And hey, Sirius wants to get me on a radio. Hey, ESPN wants to get me on a radio. Should, should I go on? So I would have, I would have told, I would have told Brandon and I would have told, I would, and I would have said, hey, see if it's cool. If I, I'm about to go, I got asked to go on the, on the today, uh, today show. Is that cool and stuff like that? And then, um, and then, and then, I, and then I would go off of what they what they say uh, truly. But um, but after looking at the after looking at the video, I mean, the Today Show, it didn't. I mean, it didn't. It seemed like Cody, Cody did, um, Cody did man up, and and he, and I feel like he said some great things. One of the things that. I, I highlighted was he he said um, football is 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 what I do is not who I am and I feel like that's true because if football was truly who he was I mean all jokes aside he would be on suicide watch like he would like he would he 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 wouldn't be in a in a um, in a great state that he was so I'm glad that he's able to disconnect that and we know gosh if you would have seen the locker room I know you guys have a certain buffer time before you come in but man like have you seen all the amount of support like pouring on 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 Cody man and oh my gosh it's, well we saw some of it on the field even. right like yeah. the first thing was Bobby Massey hugged him exactly the second the kick was missed right and and just so and just that just the the support and the and and the encouragement and like how guys still rallied back back to him and stuff like that. Do you so, yeah. think that's why, sorry to interrupt you, but do you think that's maybe why there was some pushback to the interview then later in the week because of how much you guys supported him and then it kind of seemed like he just like, what was did me? a thing on his own. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I, and, and that's what I'm saying. There's probably some miscommunication and like there's different perspectives. Yeah, so as and like from Nagy, I think he could say like, hey, you missed it. We nipped in the butt. Okay, no more to go 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 on and, and, um, and talk about it. And and probably when he went on and talked about it, it, probably looks like oh, like you want more, you want more pity, like you want you want more um, gratification or whatever. And um, and that's why I said I think there was a a, a miscommunication um, in between. Yeah. Are you interested to see how the that position plays out the rest of the off season? Dude, they already you, signed a kicker. A kicker? I thought it was like two or three. Well, they had a big tryout. Okay. Apparently. And then they signed. Uh, I think his name's Redford Jones. Yes. Yeah. You know. But, yeah, I saw that. But I mean, that's just that's just the nature of our league. Yeah. I, I mean, if I, if I was, if I was, if I gave up ten touchdown passes, or, or if I was getting killed in um in, if I kept getting killed in these games, coach would say, "Hey, 
defensive back is the need. We the other defensive back is the need that we need to address. And I would like I understand 100. percent I'm not I'm not playing up to uh, your expectations or or mine. So yeah, we need we need to address it. So that's no that's no that's no surprise. And um, the NFL is all about competition. And and yeah, we're gonna um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. How much did you pay attention to your guys at the Pro Bowl last week? I mean, and, and some of the fun they were having. Yeah, I mean, when, when Kyle got another pick and just the route, that dig route, I'm like, man, don't throw that on Kyle. He's just, and Kyle. Um, so that was, I was so happy for him. I've been happy for him since since I've um, since I've been here. And um, so yeah, so so that was exciting. It was good to see Eddie. Um, get out and, and move and move a little bit and um and as soon as Le- Le- leno got the nod i called him i was like man because i seen when you see how hard your guys work and and um and they finally accomplish the, their goals you just get excited for them what about your quarterback a lot of people were surprised to see trubisky get the call uh i wasn't i wasn't at all i mean if you there, there's some games like he like especially the the tampa game and um but i'm sure that there's more games the lions game the lions too. game yeah. yeah and there's there's well, more and, games. and just even late in the season, he was so money on yeah. third down the last three or four weeks. Even that last playoff game, I mean, yeah. for for that to be his first game and for him to ball like that, it was it was it was no surprise. And I'm glad that he has that under his belt. He's gonna be called a Pro Bowl play for the rest of his life, like in in his second year, his yeah. full season. And so I'm sure he's thinking the sky's the limit for him, and and that's just another confidence booster for him. So what are you doing here in Atlanta this week? I know you're doing stuff with the NFLPA and a painting with the pros event on Friday, right? Yeah. So. Uh, the painting with the pros is just former and current players. We're going to a, a local high school here in Atlanta, and um, we're just going to paint with kids. And it's mainly an activity just to encourage them to to be more active and step outside the comfort zone. And when you step outside your comfort zone, you get to see how creative you are. So we're just encouraging them to uh, be creative and find other things that they like. So you uh, you know you get to do some cool work like that, and you don't have to. Well, you're probably out of Chicago now anyway, right? Oh my see the god. Weather? Oh my God! I'm glad I'm here in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Atlanta. Atlanta is not. I mean, it, because it's negative over there. It's 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 far off. But Atlanta is, is a little is a little nippy here too. Yeah. Well, I'm vowing not to complain <laughs> about it. That's for sure. So, uh, real quick, you're you're here at the Super Bowl. It's got to be motivating to you as well, given how the season ended. What's next for the Chicago Bears? Man, I'm not gonna lie. That game, and I mean, there's no way to change this word so i have to i'm gonna say no pun intended and in, in first deflated me seriously that game that game against the eagles uh, deflated me just because everything like we had so much momentum it just it didn't seem like it was it took a week for me to say like man like i couldn't believe like we weren't supposed to lose like that and it wasn't it wasn't supposed to end end like that and um and I've I've never I've never I've never lost like that before. So that was that was the first time. When I say like that, it's just like last like like to like a, a field goal and and like that. And just with how hard we played and but even with how hard we played, we, I mean we played we we didn't play our best football as a, as a defense. Like there was a time we had ten guys on the field, and then yeah. um and there was and there and was a time we had too guys. many yeah, yeah. We, we had too many guys and stuff like that. So it was like so when you look at it like that, like we didn't really deserve to win but just when it was there it was just like uh, like i really thought i really thought this was this was our year and then and then just seeing the rams and not taking anything for the rams but we just felt like we matched up good good with them and um yeah man but uh but i think it motivates it motivates us like if you see 
you see the New Orleans Saints, like how they lost to the, the Minnesota Miracle yeah. and then have to eat that and swallow that all year long and then come back. And gosh, as a matter of fact, to do it, it happens again. Yeah, I know. That, oh you got to feel gosh. for New Orleans. It happens again. It's like, man, they're scratching. They're right there. Man, I can't. Oh, I feel bad for them. But yeah, I think we, and it's, it's good for us to experience that and we, now we know what it feels like to be great we know what that standard is and now we just have to work that much harder and, and get over that well uh hey the rams they lost at home last year in the wild card round right. and they thought they were going to win they lost right. they used it all off season and into their season now they're here in atlanta so yeah maybe you guys got that going for you thanks so much for stopping by prince really appreciate it uh have fun while you're here and hey you, there's a reason we named you the good guy of the year, thank man. You. You, you're always you're always appreciative with your time, and, and we thank you for that. Thank you. All right. And that is the uh, good guy of the year award winner, Prince Mukamar. For those that don't know, that's a an award that's voted on by the Bears reporters every single year for uh, the player or coach that that helps us do our jobs, uh, but you know by giving us the time and 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 not just giving this time, but pre- presenting thoughtful answers to questions. So, uh, And Prince has been like that since he's been a Bear, and uh, we appreciate him stopping by Sports Central, too. Some some really good stuff with Prince and Mukamara. And just quickly on the Cody Parkey thing, you know, I, he, he called it a miscommunication, and it's true. They're, they're, I, I don't know if miscommunication is the, the most accurate way of putting it, but uh, there were some differenting opinions before the interview happened, I think, between um, the Bears wanting him to do it and him doing it. And we also, just to give you kind of behind-the-scenes type of stuff, when the season ends, instead of the teams controlling the interviews, and it's not like they can control everything, players are always allowed to, to go do whatever they want, but uh, it, you know, teams are certainly allowed to voice their opinion on what they want their uh, players to do, which is what Prince was talking about there. I, I want to make sure I'm clearing interviews with ESPN or SiriusXM or whoever uh, with Brandon Faber, the, the Vice President of Communications for the Bears, and, and, and some of the other guys that work on that staff. They, 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 they do that. But once you get in the offseason, a lot of this is is set up with their agencies or you know, like, like here at Radio Row, most of this is all set up with agents or for instance, Prince was here through the NFLPA, things like that. So uh, it's not completely in the team's control, but they're still allowed to have an opinion. And in such a tough moment, such a tough loss, you can see why, as Prince put it, some miscommunication there happened. And I, I think that contributed um, to the whole conversation. But, um, hey, the, the kicker story is not really going away, but... You know, we can move on for right now for sure. But thanks for Prince for stopping by. We really appreciate it. All right. Adam, do you think that, um, you know, when they, when the players get to training camp next year, that they'll be a little more open about it? Will it take um, Cody, Parker, Cody Parkey being replaced for players to be more uh, truthful, I guess, about uh, their feelings about their, their current teammate? Well, I, see, part of the thing, though, is I, I think there's mixed feelings. I, I don't think... I don't think the whole locker room's against Cody Parkey. In fact, I would imagine they're still more frustrated about the fact that he missed 11 kicks this season uh, rather than going on the Today Show. The the whole Today Show thing was more like just the optics and the PR. Um, And and so I think 
that it's even more. It's probably more of an organizational problem than really the teams. Uh, I you know I talked to another Bears player who. And it was actually the day of the interview that was just like, I didn't even watch it, and I don't really care to watch it. Um, And you heard Prince there, too. It said a lot of things that Cody said he agrees with. And I kind of felt the same way. Like, I didn't necessarily have a problem with what he was saying on the show. It's just the fact that the interview even happened and the wounds were still so fresh. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I I just, I, I look back at some of the audio that you played on the most recent episode of Hogan Johns where Mitchell Trubisky is almost guarded in um, his explanation of it, uh, you know, pumping the company line about, you know, we're, we're a group, we're a team, we love our yeah. brothers, we do all that. And, and I, I appreciate and, and I guess as a fan, you know, I appreciate them sticking together, but you also as a fan want to hear him, you know, gutted. You you want to hear them you know get after this dude that does one thing and he did it wrong or right know. well but part of this too is they're still trying to uh, put on that we versus me thing so like they're still bears so they're they're going to publicly still talk about we and they're not going to crush one of their teammates no matter what they feel inside so um, you know I I think Prince was pretty candid there and I I think you would you know it's it's just unfortunate that it even needs to be a conversation, but it is sure. um, in, in such a tough loss. And you could also hear from Prince how how much that loss was still eating at him. Uh, and, you know, he had never lost a game like that. They truly thought they were going to win, and no one really expected the season to end that way, including the fans. But we move on. We're in the off season now, and one of the big storylines going into 2019 is the Bears going back to London, playing the Raiders, uh, and I just happened to be next door here at Radio Row to some uh, some media guys from London, uh, a talk sports radio station out in the United Kingdom, and I wanted to get their perspective on the Bears going to London. So that's coming up next on Sports Central. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll come back, shift the conversation a little bit to the Bears returning to the U.K., and I think you're going to enjoy uh, this conversation we have coming up. My name is Adam Hogue. You're listening to Sports Central on WGNRadio.com. Is live from Atlanta on the front porch of Super Bowl 53. This is WGN Radio Sports Central on WGNRadio.com. Back on Radio Row in Atlanta, Adam Hogue, Joe Romano producing back in Chicago. You hear from him from time to time. And one of the conversations that, uh, at least one of the events I'm looking forward to uh, in conversations as we head into the 2019 season is the Bears. Heading back to London for the first time since 2011. Will Gavin. You can follow him on Twitter, at Will Gav. I'm guessing, uh, although I do think we have some listeners carrying over from the Hogan Johns podcast who are from the United Kingdom. They probably know who Will Gavin is, but most of our American listeners uh, do not. But Will uh, works for Talk Sport in the United Kingdom, and they carry the NFL games. Uh, They're basically... You know the NFL carriers uh, out there in the UK, which is a big conversation with football trying to go globally, and and maybe we'll see a, a team in London one day. That's one of the convers- one of the topics we discussed with Will. But I think you're going to enjoy this interview. Here's Will Gavin from Talksport. All right, so here on Radio Row in Atlanta, and it, it, every year we get to know our neighbors a little bit. And this year, WGN Radio in Chicago just happens to be 
next door to talk sport from London. And with the Bears getting announced this last week that they're going to be playing in London next year, I'm like, hey, you guys got to come over and, and talk to us about football, American football, in the U.K. So here's Will Gavin. You can follow him on Twitter, at Will Gav. And, uh, and well, you've gone and researched this and everything, Adam. Uh, I like, found you on Twitter. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's like part of our job now. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, like you say, it's almost like these things are planned. It's clearly yeah. not. But, yeah, popping us next to so we were just chatting to the Raiders guys a little bit earlier as well. And, yeah, we want to hear from you guys who are coming over to London and, and get an impression of how excited people are about it. I guess it's okay for the Bears because you're not giving up a home game for it, but we always want to get an impression of you know, what people think of the international series, of the London games, and it's growing so exponentially in the UK. It's the fastest growing spectator and participation sport in our country, and so we love talking about it. We're out here talking about it and having a whale of a time. So, so, so give me an idea what NFL Sundays are like currently right now in the UK. So, I mean... The big thing in terms of the time difference means that we get the, the one o'clock games for you guys is 6 p.m., then it's 9.25, and then it's 1.25 in the morning. So for the real ardent fans, from September to February, you don't sleep on Sunday nights, and you inevitably <laughs> end up kind of, yeah, maybe getting two, three hours and then going into work Monday morning, very groggy. Uh, Super Bowl Monday is, uh, I think two years ago, it was the biggest sicky day in the U.K., because people were just using it as excuse. Brits, you know, the reputation we've got for enjoying a good time, having a drink, you know, going out, hitting the pubs, we'll take any excuse. So part of, I think, what helped kickstart the popularity of NFL back in the UK again in the last 10, 15 years was a lot of people who you speak to about their Super Bowl fandom, the fir- about their NFL fandom, the first game they ever saw was a Super Bowl. And it was because they knew about the pomp and circumstance. They knew that there was going to be the opportunity to, on a Sunday night, stay up late, drink beer, eat wings, and have a good time. They probably knew who the halftime show was, and they knew a little bit about the sport itself. But then they get hooked by it because it is the most entertaining, most dramatic uh, and I think, I, for me, it's the best sport in the world. And you're seeing it catch on more and more and more, thanks to an age where we've got Red Zone and, and the NFL Network, and you can get access games on the internet 24-7, and you can get coverage from podcasts and Twitter and everywhere else. It means that it's not like in the 80s, where the NFL had its first boon in the UK in the 80s, when a, a channel on the TV called Channel 4, uh, which is a, we have a thing called terrestrial television, a bit like cable, and they started showing Sunday night games. And so there was, there's a group of fans who are kind of in their 40s, 50s, who are Dolphins fans, Bears fans, which I'm glad, I'm sure you'll be glad to hear, uh, 49ers fans, Cowboys fans. And it kind of died off for a while. And I think that the last 10, 15 years, thanks to A, them bringing the games over, but how accessible the content is nowadays, the stories are, it just means that people have access to it. And funnily enough, because it's entertaining, they end up enjoying it. So we had we do a Bears podcast, and we've had it for four years now, going into our fifth season. And a couple years ago, we ran a survey just to get an idea of our listeners, and we had a, a, a feeling of this just based on Twitter reaction. And we have a voicemail line that's set, set up during games, and you know, some calls would come in with British accents. And 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 it turns out we have a lot of listeners in the UK that are diehard Bears fans that. You know, they can't listen to Chicago sports radio exactly. all the time, so they exactly. find our podcast, and they rely on it every single week. And so when this came out that the Bears were going back to London first time since 2011, immediately, I mean, my Twitter timeline was, 
You guys got to do a live show here. You guys got to come to a pub and do a show. And, and I hope we can do it. Trust me, we're going to do everything we can to pull it off. So maybe you have some recommendations. Oh, but we can make this happen. I reckon, Adam, we're going to get together and we're going to make this happen. We'll get Talk Sport. We'll get you guys. We'll do a, some kind of event around the Bears Raiders game. It's great. It'll be really good fun. So give me an idea of the Bears fandom in the UK. So because of that previous boon in the 80s, I would suggest the Bears are probably in the top five most supported teams in the UK. You have a heavy Patriots and Seahawks from this last 10 years or so. You know, heavy following for them. They're successful teams. They're in the playoffs. They've got something about them. But actually you do have those teams, like I was saying, from the 80s. 49ers, Cowboys. And the Bears are hugely well represented in the UK. I think... The Raiders are a team who are, have got a lot of fans as well, so I think it's going to be a real 50-50 kind of atmosphere. It's certainly not going to be like an Oakland home game or wherever they're going to end up playing next season. Uh, they are going to be... I think you're going to hear it. It's going to be vociferous. And it is funny that you look back at that 80s team, and particularly, obviously, the 85 Bears and Ditka, but the 86 defense as well and everything that they did back then. And yet, there's a certain age of sport fan in general, whether they're an NFL fan or not. Have you said the name The Fridge to them or William Refrigerator Perry? That would be it. They know it. That's their NFL reference. They are so in on it because there was a period of time where it was such a big deal in the UK. It died off. It's come back again and it's growing and growing. But yeah, I think the Bears will be really well represented when you guys come over. You told me that yesterday when we were just chatting that, that the fridge is like the most well-known player. It's amongst a certain generation okay. of people. Yeah. But, but if you're talking about the 80s yeah. being the, the first boom... Well, the 85 Bears, like mm -hmm. that's the team even here in America. When you say 80s, that's, that's yeah. what people talk about. Most dominant single season in terms of a defense. And actually, if you want to really look at it, I think the 86 defense was probably better. But they didn't make it go and win the Super Bowl, and history remembers the winners. But, yeah, I, I think that... Obviously, the, having the success at the right moment as it was big in the UK means they have that fan base and it's been passed down. And I know four or five ardent Bears fans. And I think there's also the city of Chicago. People are drawn to cities that they can go to, that they can enjoy, have a holiday, whether it is you know, summer, winter, go out to see games. And not only is Chicago incredibly accessible, but I think Chicago, much like you get with New York or San Francisco or uh, it's one of these cities where a Brit can really feel at home, where a Brit can really feel like it's got, the city has something about it. I love Chicago and I've been, uh, like I say, I've been in the winter. I came out and I saw a Bears Thursday night game against the Giants a few seasons ago and mm -hmm. experienced the wind and the cold and tailgating out in that kind of temperature and had a whale of a time. But then we stopped over in the summer and I got to go to Wrigley Field and experience and it's... I think it's, it's a different city in the summer. It's, it's, it's amazing how different it is at different times of year, but I think Brits can identify with that. You guys have seasons. You guys have culture. You guys have greater music history. You guys have... So, I mean, I know you... Yeah, Chicago Radio doesn't need me telling Chicago how great it is. No, but, but it's good to hear that I, I, you appreciate like, it. I think yeah. people do uh, are more attracted to... It has to be said that... You know, somewhere like, as much as the Jags are really growing in the UK with their commitments coming and playing out in London, Jacksonville isn't a destination city you're necessarily going to end up in, is it? Or, you know, even somewhere like here where we are in Atlanta, like, I'm having a great time here, but it's not the first place that would trip off people's idea of going, or, or Minnesota, or Kansas, or Missouri, or something like that. Whereas actually those big tourist destinations, if there's a team there and someone knows they can go out and watch them live, as fun as the London games are, it's a different experience coming out and watching your team in its home stadium in the States. So give me an idea. If the, if the Jaguars were to move to London permanently, mm -hmm. could, A, could it work? And then give me an idea, uh, you know, work logistically. But what would it be like? How embraced would they be there? 
Or would you think it'd still be a melting pot of fans caring about a lot of different teams? The first thing is I'm desperately going to try and not be boring here because this is obviously the the kind of topic du jour whenever you talk to somebody. And when you ask about can it work logistically, I can sit here and talk to you about uh, flight schedules, tax situation, all that kind of thing. And there are so many details they need to work out. So the idea of bringing a team to the UK will never happen before the next CBA in 2021. And I actually think the NFL, if they are truly committed to bringing a team to London, which you speak to Roger Goodell, you speak to Mark Waller, the head of international, you speak to the guys at the network, uh, like uh, like Hank, and, and these are guys that... They are determined it is going to happen. They believe it is going to happen. But they're going to have to give up some concessions to the players when it comes to that CBA because they're going to have to find a way to make it, whether it's offering additional salary cap, whether it's having people paid in America, not in the UK, so it's only a temporary home. It's not actually their home. They're not based there. There's, there's so much to figure out. But money drives everything. And the NFL... You've seen it, whether it's the move to L.A., whether it's the move from San Diego as well up to Los Angeles, not just from St. Louis. The fact, the reason it's Jacksonville is, is nothing to do with necessarily their incredibly progressive owner or uh, the fact that they are uh, an up-and-coming franchise or anything like that. It's because Jacksonville is a small market. There's not a lot of money there, not a lot of TV money. They've only just started to sell out their stadium. Whereas they look across at us and they go, there's 60 million potential fans there if we only have one team in our country. They can sell out every week, the merchandise, the TV rights, everything that comes along with that. And, you know, the driving forces who aren't Roger Goodell, the Jerry Joneses of the world, if they want it to happen, they're going to force it and make it happen. In terms of fandom, what you'll hear from uh, for football or soccer, uh, as it is to you guys, incredibly tribal fan bases. Like, people grow up supporting a team and they will never change. And they will always support a team through the highs and the lows. And it's a real point of English pride. And so I've heard a lot of people saying, I would never change from the team I support. But actually, the reason some people support the teams they do, it might be because they went on holiday somewhere once. It might be because their uncle went on holiday there and bought them a hat from the Chicago Bears. And they had that when they were little. And that was what their association was. It might be because it was the first team they ever played with on Madden. It's a legitimate reason I know that somebody supports the Tennessee Titans of all teams. Like, why have the Titans got fans in the UK? (laughs) Because he played it on Madden. And that was the way he ended up getting into the game. So... I think that all those people who say that they are incredibly loyal but have maybe never been to see their team in the States, only seen them when they've come over to London, you certainly get a team playing eight home games, the potential of a playoff game in London. If you get a season ticket, particularly if you're based in and around London, are you telling me that you're not going to want to see that team be successful? And I think people who are very staunchly saying, there's no way I'd ever change... I think if you went to see them week in, week out, you'd slowly see yourself get turned. And certainly, I've become a Jags fan in as much as... I love the team's commitment to London. We have a really good relationship with the likes of Shard Khan and all the guys around the team. They give us great media access. They're always really committed. The guys seem to genuinely enjoy coming over. I'm a 49ers fan for my own reasons, but I I watch out for the Jags. I like to see them do well. When they had that run last season, I was really behind it. Am I going to say that if I went to see eight games a season, I wouldn't find myself really rooting for them? If they played the 49ers in the Super Bowl, I'd want the 49ers to win. But almost any other game, I kind of want the Jags to win. And I think you'll find a lot of those fans will take it on as either a second team or will end up changing their allegiances. Well, it'll be fascinating if it happens. And it does seem I like... said I wasn't going to be boring, and then I rambled on for like no, a solid four minutes. No, it wasn't boring at all. <laughs> I, I find this stuff very, very interesting. So for our listeners 
that want to go on holiday, as as you guys say, uh, to London. Next vacation. Year. Yeah, it's vacation here. It's I like holiday. That's good. So for our Bears fans that want to go on holiday to London for this game next year, what what's your advice on how to do the trip properly? Uh, and and I would assume make it more than just a weekend, but hundred percent. You know, make a whole week. I, I've never been to London. I can't wait to go. It's a it's really difficult. If you're going to do just London, then you have to have it. I would say at least a week. And there's nothing wrong with going to a new city and doing the touristy stuff, to seeing Buckingham Palace, to going to see the you know, the Palace of Westminster, Big Ben, all of that stuff. It's it's great. It, I work in and around that area, and I still sometimes walk down there and I look and I think this is amazing that this is where I live and work and and. I would say that the big thing is, is as with going anywhere on holiday, try and immerse yourself in the local culture. Do go out and go to a local pub and talk to people. Do try and go out. Try and go and watch, I mean, this is a personal thing, but wherever I go, I go and watch live sport. You know, if I'm visiting my wife's family in Chile, I'm like, let's go watch some Chilean soccer. That's what I want to do. I love sport and that's, so I think go and try and watch a Premier League game. Go and try and watch, uh, you know, some rugby, for example. It really depends. If you can get, if people are up for doing two, three weeks, come, go to Edinburgh, go to Manchester, get over to Ireland to go to Dublin, because there's so much to see in the UK for such a small place. But if you're coming to London, you've got to do at least a week, because yeah. there's too much to see in two or three days. Plus, you've got to go to the game as well. And always, the other thing is keep an eye out for official events and stuff. The Bears, like I say, have got a big fan base here. So last year, when we had the Ravens over, who I wouldn't say their fan base is anywhere near as big as, as the Bears, but they probably have a decent a decent UK fan group. They did a big event in a pub where they brought along, uh, I think Ray Lewis came. Uh, I'm going to completely forget his name, but Hall of Fame offensive tackle from that same team. Uh, oh. you, you know exactly who I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's completely gone from my brain. Uh, Brian Billick came yeah. down and they did a big fan event in a pub and everyone came along and they got into There's always stuff like that going on around the London game. So just keep an eye on the NFL UK stuff, keep an eye on it and... and You'll have a whale of a time, I'm sure. All right, we're going to have to contribute to it, too, with our own event. There you go. Yeah. 100%. Well, we're going to set that up. I like the idea. All right, Will Gavin, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. No worries. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Adam. All right, so an interesting conversation there with our uh, friends next door here at Radio Row from Talk Sport in London. And uh, uh, hopefully for Bears fans thinking about making that trip, that was insightful. And I'm just fascinated by this whole thing about spreading the NFL to London and whether or not it can, it can work with a permanent team. So uh, very insightful stuff. We'll have to talk to Will again as we get closer and closer uh, to next fall and the Bears heading out there uh, to London. All right, we're gonna we also need quick... to get his uh, Premier League thoughts. You know, Liverpool's uh, title run is is in the midst of happening. you got to jump on the bandwagon while you can. So we that was a pretty long conversation, but when he said that, that American football is his favorite sport, I almost went into a tangent there. Cause like, are you even? Is that even allowed? Are you allowed to like American football more than soccer? I don't think so, man. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it, it is a way of life over there. I mean, these guys here though, are, I can tell they are serious football fans. They they, they really understand the game and everything. So, um, and then the the idea of of like staying up all night long watching the Sunday night game because it's it's the middle of the night there in the UK. Just well, man, that's what I do on Saturday mornings, man. Liverpool, six a.m. Let's go. Let's get ready. Yeah, I, I, I'm sleeping at that time. Uh, I'm good. I don't. I don't need to do that, Joe. But enjoy your soccer. Enjoy it. Yeah, Mr. Curling over here can't get up for a six o'clock kickoff. <laughs> Fair. Cur- here's a here's a hot take. 
that I firmly believe curling is more exciting than soccer. Get out. Get out. Take, okay. take that. And I played soccer, too. I played soccer, and for some reason I just cannot get into it. I, I A little bit in the World Cup, but that's about it. I'm one of those guys. All right. Uh, I'm half kidding, so soccer people don't get mad at me, which I'm sure they will now. We'll take a quick timeout. Come right back here on Sports Central at the Super Bowl. From Radio Row in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Hogue and WGN Sports Central getting ready for the Super Bowl on WGNRadio.com. All right, so one of the best parts about being on Radio Row is uh, some of the surprises that happen throughout the day and uh we're just about to roll our interview with uh, london fletcher and might have to put that on hold because our our old friend tim jennings from the chicago bears is is uh walking over here right now and and of course uh for for those of you that have been listening for a few years now uh you may remember 87 7 the game uh, Joe, I, I know you remember it, and uh, we did a show with Tim Jennings every single week during the always fun season to talk about, the 2014 season, uh, and, and so it's good to catch up because Tim is from right here in Atlanta, so getting a chance to do some fun Super Bowl stuff here in his hometown. What's going on, Tim Jennings? Good to see you, man. Adam, man, what's going on? Long time no see. How uh, how's this is your hometown? You got the Braves hat on. You represent. <laughs> yeah, they didn't adopt me, man. Atlanta have adopted me. This is what I call home. Now. Yeah. So, uh, what's it been like Super Bowl week? Is, is is it cool to have the game here? Well, it is cool. Um, definitely cool. The city has been excited. Not so much to me because I know it's already been crazy without the Super Bowl with the traffic and everything. But um, take it back that it's it's been it's been a pretty good experience. This is my first my first day actually out here to kind of interact with the fans doing a media role. Um, so I, I'm excited about it and you know excited about the city and see what it does for the city. But it's a lot of madness going to be coming cl- close to the weekend. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get back on my side of town after that. <laughs> what so what was your reaction watching the? The Bears this year take off. It's been a tough, tough few seasons, and they put it all together this year. Won 12 games. Yeah, uh, it's definitely been exciting to watch, man. My son, my oldest, he's a big Bears fan. Um, Khalil Mack guy. Uh, so it's been exciting to watch. Um, I, I, I've definitely been following him because um, uh, you know me and Kyle, we're still we're still good buddies. I talked to Kyle at least. Uh, once, twice, every every other week. So um, it's just kind of it, it, it's it's been fun to watch to get this the guys to get back at it, get back to having fun, making some plays. Uh, Trubisky, he's definitely been exciting to watch and see him grow. Uh, that defense has definitely been something that we truly miss in the city of Chicago and watching them get all those takeaways, man, yeah. and, and seeing those young guys fly around. So I've definitely been. Uh, you know, tuned in and staying and staying in tune for the city of Chicago and the Chicago Bears. So, you were part of some of those defenses that that's all you guys did was take the ball away. Yeah. Then they got away from that for a while, and even the last couple of years, I yeah. mean, the defense was getting better, but the takeaways didn't come until this season. Mm-hmm. How much do you think Khalil Mack, number fifty-two, changed all that? Oh man, he changed it a hundred percent. Like, I don't think people really understand like takeaways come from your guys up front like if you got a good d line and you get some pressure on some quarterback you're able to make some plays in the back end and i think you know just going back to the the success i had in chicago man is you know from 
the peppers, Julius Peppers, and I think a big thing was Henry Melton in the middle, man. You had some guy that can just get some pressure on the quarterback up front and on the end. You know, you able to you able to out there just jump some plays because you know that ball has got to come out. You know, and, and Khalil Mack being a force out there, it's just his presence alone. You can't sit back there and hold that ball and wait for somebody to get open. Like, if it's a timing route, you better be where you're supposed to be or uh, it's going to be a sack. And then when, you know, as a defensive back and as a secondary, when you know that ball is coming out on time and he don't have time to uh, do what he wants to do or wait for somebody to get open, you're, you're able to just play free and, and take some chances. And as you can see, like, it, 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 it means a lot. And not just from Khalil Mack. You had young, young Floyd come around and, and making some plays as long as those, those big horses in the middle too. So that whole D-line has been... Uh, very much of success of you know all those takeaways they begin. We're talking to former Bear Tim Jennings here on Radio Row. So it sounds like you're watching Bears games every week. Hey man, look at him, man. I'm still in this football thing. I still watch football. <laughs> so let's talk about your guy, Kyle Fuller. Yeah. What a turnaround it's been. You know, just just covering the team like I do every day, mm-hmm. uh, and, and seeing where he was a few years ago when he's got the knee thing going on and. and Vic Fangio kind of publicly called him out a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Do you really love playing the game or not? Yeah. And then it turns out those guys got really, those two guys got really close. Kyle's career takes off, and, and now he's an All Pro. Yeah, he's an All Pro. Yeah, that's how it works, man. That's how it works. Sometimes it takes for a coach to challenge you a little bit. And I, I just always use myself because Coach Lovey Smith did that same thing to me uh, back in 2011. That was the the benching, right? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it takes that just to, just to add a little bit more fire to a player uh, to you know just to give you know everything you got. Let's, let me see, at least let me see. Um, but it, it it also tells a lot about Kyle mature level. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but you know Kyle is. He's been like that since he first stepped in the league, and we knew Kyle was going to be special. And his second year, he, you know, he was banged up, and a lot of a lot of players wouldn't have took the third year off that he did. You know, they would have just fought through it and had a maybe an okay season, or maybe a bad season. But Kyle, being the mature level and coming from a football background that he's come from, he knew that it would probably be the best for him to just, you know, sit out and let this knee do what it's supposed to do. And says a lot to the, 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 you know, the organization in Chicago. They've been patient with him. They've been very patient with him. And, you know, Coach Fangio, he challenged him a little bit. But it worked out, man. It worked out for the, for the both of them. And he knew exactly what he was doing. And I think that, that just says a lot about Kyle and his mature level and where he's at in the game right now. Yeah, I think a lot of people were caught off guard. Just, you know, you hear arthroscopic knee surgery. Yeah. And most people are like, all right, so you're going to miss a couple weeks and, and no. you come back. What, what was it, do you think, that, that he, he really felt like, all right, I got to get this thing right? Did he just realize that it was such a crucial year or, or or point in his career no i don't think he i mean he always knew that it was just it, it had it takes it it takes it time like you can't we, we you can't force a, a surgery especially a surgery like that like it, it takes time like my uh other surgery it takes some time you you sometimes your joints might not heal as fast as you think or the doctors think it should but you know what you feel like when you can play at your highest level and you're a young kid you know, so you're not like an older kid where your your time is running out. Like, no, you're still a young kid, and you know the level you you should be at to feel great to give your hundred percent. You don't really want to go out there and be like eighty percent or eighty five percent. 
that's when you're like in year 10 like you're year three four you know and and that's one thing that we we constantly stayed in contact about hey how do you feel you know he's getting better like i feel better he told me man i'm, I'm good like i'm i feel feel great and i was like okay I never heard this before, <laughs> and I know okay he he's back. You know he's been training, and he could do everything that that his body's allowing him to do from his preparation standpoint. Now you're able to go out there and, and give and, and be a hundred percent on the field and not worry about your knee. You know, and I think that's what Kyle did, and you could tell. Yeah, I mean it's certainly showing up on the field right. and on, on the tape. He's playing so well. So what are you up to? Oh man, I'm I'm, in, I'm enjoying you know. This retired life, well, retired from football, let me put it like that. I'm yeah. too young to retire from the world. <laughs> it's real out here, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the retired life from football. I do have a gym that I opened up two years ago in Beaufort, Georgia. Uh, that's northern, north of Atlanta um, at 44555 at Water Court, Sweet D. Uh, but I do, I do own a gym there where we are training kids from seven years old all the way to moms and pops. Uh, speed and agility, sports specific, um, all sports, baseball, soccer, uh, football, track, whatever you think of. We just bring them in. We we'll get them right. Get their feet right. Get their speed right. Get the conditioning right, and, and just keep them, keep them going. Keep them doing something, and that's. That's been my passion for the last two years since I retired. I was kind of in the works of that once I, I got out the league because I knew I, I had to do something. I just can't sit around and not do nothing. And trying to get my golf game and beat Kyle. Uh, I hear he's pretty golf. good. Man, he's a stick. He's almost a stick, man. Yeah, he takes this here. That's why I was telling you that his, his mature level is, yeah. is out the world already. And, uh, that's what he wants to do, man. He wants to play football, and when he's done, he wants to play golf. And I got the time right now to try to get up on the edge of him, but this game, the game is so it's so aggravating. Oh, nonstop. <laughs> There's a million things to think about in every shot. Yeah. And you're going to screw something up every exactly, single time. Exactly, exactly. So it keeps me on my toes, man. Challenge me, and that's what I like. I like the challenge. Um, but, yeah, man, this gym has kind of been my baby right now. Um, I don't want to work too hard. Yeah. But I don't want to not do nothing. So I'm in there having a couple of defensive backs that I, I like to train that just wants to work with me. You know, I'm telling the parents, I don't really do this, but, you know, I, I do it for the business. I do it for the, the love and to see your, your kid grow. I don't need it no more. Here you go. You can have it. So we we, we having a lot of success, man, from the guys that we bringing in and guys that we had for a while and, and now seeing them go off to college. And looking to, and looking for great things out of them, and it's gonna, you know, that that makes us feel good as coaches. And I think, you know, that's what keeps me wanting to go back and keep continue to do that and work more days, work more hours. Well, it's good to see you. I can't believe it's been five years since I know. we I know. did our show together. I know it's crazy, man. It's yeah. what a year that was. Ah, uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. The city of Chicago, man. I, I love it. I miss it, but I don't miss the winters. The, the, oh. <laughs> Trust me, I'm happy. I mean, I know you think it's freezing here in Atlanta. So I'm cold. so happy I'm not home right yeah, now. Yeah, I heard, man. My sisters just kept going on about it, talk about how brutal it was and how it's just shutting down the whole. I was oh. like, what you, you know, she loves it, man. She loves it. I'm like, well, more power to you. She wants me to come out there all, my, all the time and visit. I'm like, no way. Like, not around this time. <laughs> oh, you catch me, in the catch, Yeah, catch me in the summertime, spring, fall, and all that. But I can't do it in the winter. All right, well, if you're in Chicago, let us know. <laughs> I sure will. Man. It's always good to see you, Tim. Same to you. Stop Thanks, Adam. All right, Tim Jennings here on Radio Row, uh, Sports Central. Some great stuff there to talk to him about uh, you know, his time with the Bears and, and 
really what's ha- been happening with Kyle Fuller. That's going to do it for us today on today's show. Uh, appreciate you lis- listening. We're going to have to put London Fletcher on hold for tomorrow. That was another great conversation, but we'll we'll bring it in tomorrow. Uh, this always happens. There's so ma- so many people to talk to and not enough time to get it all out there. But um, Or we could do one of those podcasts that we did last year with all the extra tape. Yeah, you know what? I'm, it's it, this, it's still only Wednesday, but I'm starting to get the, the feeling that that's going to happen. So <laughs> whatever we don't get out here live for you, we'll, uh, we'll end up putting together by the end of the week. And we'll make sure whatever we, we have for you gets out there so you can consume it uh, on demand. Uh, but appreciate everyone listening. Thanks to Joel Romano, our producer back in Chicago. Krista Flores, our engineer. Got another big show coming up tomorrow. Want to hear some of these names? A guy that I know Tim Jennings knows very well, Brian Erlacher, is going to be here. Hoping to talk to Earl Bennett, another former Bear, and Trey Burton, a current Bear, and Joe Vander Holyfield stopping by. How about that? A little boxing. Yes. Ask him about about my guy Canelo Alvarez. I was going to ask him about Mike Tyson, but okay. Yeah, I guess (laughs) that would probably be a better question. All right, we'll get out of here. Talk to you tomorrow from Radio Row in Atlanta. Thank you